One word, foreshadowing. It's a literary term. It's indicating of a future event, advanced sign of what's to come. It's used to kind of tease readers, kind of an advanced hint, and it develops expectation. Maybe you didn't care much for English class when you were in high school. Um, I liked it, but I didn't like it because my teacher was awesome, but I didn't care for English. But she helped me out quite a bit, and I thank the Lord for that, that God puts people in your lives to help you. Um, as I sat this morning and read over and prayed over what the Lord had to say this morning, he just he, he, it's almost like he was laughing. It was like, did you know the Lord has a sense of humor? Did you know that? He really does. Um, you know, I, I know it depends on how you, you view your, maybe your earthly dad, how you look at the God the Father and all that good stuff. But he just made me laugh this morning. I was like just laughing. I thought, what, what is it? I was like, what? And he's like, just laughing. He go, he's like, it's like we sang the song, right, the Lion of Judah. And I don't know about you, but lions, I haven't really seen them in a while, but I'm pretty sure they're not afraid of nothing, right? They're like the king of the jungle, right? And so when I read today and look at what we're going to look at today, he's kind of like, James, it's funny. People think they're going to, he's like, it's just hilarious. He's like, so he's laughing. And so we're going to look at Psalm 2. We're going to look at Psalm 110. We'll look at Revelation 16 and 19 and uh, maybe a little bit of Isaiah. And we'll get out about 2 or 3 this afternoon, and then we'll go home and have some dinner. And, oh, we're okay. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't understand where I came from. My dad was a preacher, and that boy could get with it. And I'm like, are we going to go home anytime soon, man? Dad, please let me out. Please let me out of that pew. We had the pews back then, right? The kind that were wooden. It was really hard. Maybe we should just buy one and stick a little piece of it back in the back, just to kind of remember where we came from. Maybe not. Well, foreshadowing. You know, I see Jesus on the Mount of Olives sitting there, and his disciples are all around, and they just kind of saw these big buildings and stuff, and they go, Jesus, Jesus. They're sitting on the Mount of Olives. Jesus, when is it going to happen? When is all this going to come? When is it going to happen? And Jesus sitting there knowing what's going to happen in the future when he comes back and he touches down. He's going, well, let me tell you a few things. Isn't it just funny how he does? He's amazing. He already knows everything to the end. So much, therefore, that he would write it down in his word, and throughout the centuries, we would get this so that we could read it. You, you, you do read it. <laughs> I'm really big on that here. Every Sunday, I talk about reading God's word. It, it's so awesome. Um, when I said that this morning, this room going like, this is awesome. And he's like, yeah, and that's funny, right? I go, yeah, that's really funny how you did that. And he's just hilarious how, how he says, you know, I would do this knowing that it's going to happen here. I would give you a little hint over here so that you would look at it and go, what is that all about? But really already knew what's going to happen. And so I don't know about you, but when we go on trips, we, we get in the car, and we always go long distances. We don't go just 30 minutes an hour. We go... 12, 13 hours, and um, it's just something we do every year. We're about ready to get in the car again here in a couple months, and we get in the car, everything's filled up, everything's packed down, and then we get in, we're all smiling, cup of coffee, the dog's there, we're just all loving each other, 
And then hour one's done. We're still smiling. Doctor rushed in, gave a little, get a little gas. And hour hour five, what you doing? A little sleep going on. That's good. Hour eight, just a little tense. A little hour ten, eleven, and then about eleven, everybody wakes up. Are we there yet? Are we going to get there? When is it? Where are we? What's happening? I'm hungry. I'm tired. I'm, 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 I'm. And then, and then you have the navigator. What are you laughing at? You're the navigator? <laughs> the navigator who says, well, we're going to be there in 2.3 hours. 2.38. You know, and you've got the big map. With the, I wish I had the big McNally's at McNally, you know, the big old Walmart map thing, you know, the big big paper thing you open up, right? Right, the big Randall McNally, you know, what, anyway, what does that mean? Yeah, you, you go, all right, where are we? Here we are. We've been here 50 times, I know, here we are, right here. And so, and then we're going to mapping it all out. And it, Is it this me, or is it that last hour the worst hour ever? You're tired. There's traffic, and it doesn't stop. And there's two ways to go to where we're going to go. You go this way, and there's stop sign, lights, traffic, but there's ocean. Or you go to the bypass. Maybe you make it, maybe you don't. You go over a big bridge. There's different things. This is soft concrete, whatever, no big deal. But that last hour is like pain, pain, pain. And all I want is everybody just to sleep. Just go sleep. Go sleep. Go sleep. Now as we're older and kids are less the mess, and we got one less who kind of comes sometimes and does this, you know, the things that just, just happen in how life is. Just get a nap. Now it's just me and the wife. So it's, it's got it's bound to get better. It's bound to get better. We'll find out in about eight weeks. Things are getting worse and worse and worse toward the end. It's just a sign of the times. It really is a sign. I remember when I was a kid, standing there watching TV when, when that president of Iraq, that Saddam Hussein, had those the, the oil fields on fire. Remember that? He's just burning oil. Ha ha ha! He was like, ha ha! As a kid, I'm going, what was that, Dad? This thing's on fire, you know. It's a sign of the end of the time. All right, we'll dive in. Judges 5 and 6. Kind of, just kind of give you a little, this is Old Testament stuff, I love it. Judges 5 and 6. 5, you have Deborah, and um, who really was actually a real judge back in the day. Um, and as far as like the gown type kind that we always think of. But she had, she had this call from God to talk to uh, Barak. said, hey, you need to get your men together and go fight the Canaanites. You need to take them out. He goes, well, well, kind of scared. Would you go with me? Um, she goes, well, if I go, then it'll be known that the woman took charge. He goes, man, I don't care. Just come with me. <laughs> so she came. They fought. They conquered. And they went on. Then chapter 6, Gideon jumps in. The Lord speaks to him. And he goes out and fights the Midianites. He had 32,000, God said too many. He's down to 10,000, God still had too many guys. Um, go down to the water, and if one laps like this or one gets down like a dog, pick those out. There's 300 left to go. That's all you get. 300 guys, that's it. I got this, the Lord said. 
go. And then Gideon said, you know, remember the story? Let me put the fleece out. This, I don't know, I'm not so sure about this. If it's wet today, dry, you know, you know the story, right? Maybe, you know, take it out, read it. And so he puts all this stuff, and then the Lord's like, go. And so he goes, and they kind of hide. He goes into the camp real early at night, in the midnight camp, and this guy had a dream. He hears in the tent. This big tumble, we come, the big tumble thing of barley. Anyway, you just read it. And he finds out, and he goes, and he conquers. Where did these two battles take place? They took place in this valley. I want to show you on the map. Um, there's a map. Um, and, um, yeah, I'll get the map. And then um, right there's Mount Carmel. Looking down there to the north, northeast, there's a Jezreel Valley. And here's a picture of it present day, the valley. This is where they had the battles of Judges 5 and 6. And the Lord's laughing during that time because he's thinking, <laughs> he's thinking, that's where the big one's going to happen. That's where the big battle's going to happen. Well, look at Psalm 2. Have you read, read Psalm 2? Um, let me give you some little nuggets and then we'll tie everything together in a second. Thank the Lord I still have Psalm 2, the last part of Psalms I don't have, and mostly of Proverbs. You know why, the dog ate it. And um, Psalm 2, why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and rulers gather together against the Lord, the Lord Almighty, the Anointed One. Let us break their chains. And he goes on down, goes on down. And then it says here, the one enthroned in heaven, the Lord scoffs at them. He's laughing at them. That's the place that's going to happen when all these kings get together, led by the beast. And they're going to come and battle against God Almighty. Are you kidding me? The one who made the stars and the heavens and made you, you're going to go against him? kind of mocking him. He does have a sense of humor. Then Psalm 110 talks about how there's going to be these kings that are devoured and crushed, and there's going to be heaps of people and kings heaped up. Like, remember the Egyptian plague of the frogs that were everywhere, and they died and then they stacked them up, and it smelt so bad because of the frogs. You ever seen a dead frog, squished frog? You ever seen them? They're pretty gross. And they're stacked up by thousands. That's the picture you get in Psalm 110. It's like the Lord's kind of give you a little signal, like, hey, 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 I've got this all under control. If you think your life is out of control right now, let me, let me say, if you feel like maybe something's out of control in your life right now, let me give you a little tip of the day. The Lord has you in His hands. Well, then why is the Lord allowing this? I don't know, but I'm going to let you know. The Lord has you in His hands. How do you know that, Pastor? Because I know. I've been through the fire. I've been through the flood. Walking, and I'm still blessed. So, 
this is the last hour. We looked at the seals, seven seals. We looked at the seven trumpets. And today we'll look at the seven bowls. And our little, y'all have the little map thing, the little grid thing? We've been talking about the tribulation. Now, it's not like it's the best thing like, oh, praise God, the tribulation. I mean, you know, I, I get that. But realize that the church, that's us, we will be gone during this period. Amen? Amen. 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 When we talk about that, how to say it the right way. Hey, amen. Right? You got to say it right. So this seven years of tribulation, the first half is not too bad. I mean, it gets kind of bad, and things start happening. And then a third of the earth is wiped out, and then a third of the sea, and then all these things are happening, hailstorm. I mean, it's just it's chaos. People are hiding, trying to get away from God Almighty, like, kill us, kill us. Mountains fall on us. They can't, they can't escape. And so here in Revelation 16, there's a picture um, of what's going to transpire during that time. Let's read it together. Revelation 16, this is our text for the day. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, these are holy ambassadors carrying out God's will. These seven angels said, go, pour out the seven bowls of God's wrath on the earth. So they go. The first angel went out and poured out his bowl on the land in ugly Festering swords broke out on the people who had the mark of the beast and worshipped his image. So if you had this mark of the beast on you, on the hand or the head, then you are going to be hit with what? These festering boils. Much like Job had back in Job's day. Much like the, the leper did, or even the person there that was at rich, the rich man's gate that the dogs came and licked his sores. Festering boils. Matter of fact, Isaiah says that it's going to be from your feet to your head. And Deuteronomy 28 says, if you don't obey the law, that that will happen to you. And it just goes on and on and on. In other words, this is going to transpire and realize that there will be people during this time who are saved and they won't be affected by this yet. These will those will, festering sores and boils. Then, verse 3, the second angel poured out his bowl on the sea, and it turned into blood like that of a dead person, and every living thing in the sea died. You ever been to the beach? Every year we go, it's something different. One year, there's jellyfish everywhere. I mean, the house. Next year, there's seaweed everywhere. Can you imagine going this year, and there's whales and fish and seals dead on the shore, and the water's blood. Every living thing in the water died. That's gross. That's disgusting. It's going to happen. The third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and springs and water, and they became blood. This is terrible. Then I heard the angel in charge of the water say, You are just in these judgments, O holy one, you who are and who were, for they have shed the blood of your holy people and the prophets 
and you have given them blood to drink as they deserve. And I heard the author respond, Yes, Lord Almighty, true and just are your judgments. Well, the springs, everything's blood. Verse 8, the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and the sun was allowed to scorch people with fire. They were seared by the intense heat, and they cursed the name of God. And I was trying to, yesterday I was looking up some things, it's kind of, you know, you know the ozone layer, kind of, it kind of blocks the, the UV rays coming down. Did you know that? I don't know whether it's going to be like a big hole in there or if it's going to be just whatever. But the sun is hot. You ever been hot? August, hot. Your skin sizzling, hot. This is going to be so hot. I don't know how it's going to be like. It's going to be so hot. You're just burning flesh. You ever burnt your hand in the fire? And all your hairs in your hand, all smells. It's going to be burning hot. Scorching people with fire. And here's the bad part. They were seared by the intense heat. They cursed God who had control of these plagues, and they refused to repent. You ever refused to do something? I was chased down the hallway with a broom by my mom. All because I refused. Oh, mama, she business. It went from a ping pong paddle, which didn't work, to a broom. Yep. That's back in the day, right? So the fifth angel sounded his bowl, or pulled it out, on the throne of the beast and its kingdom, and it was plunged into darkness. People gnawed at their tongue in agony. I just did this morning. I was like, I mean, I just, you know, I'm just, I'm not kind of guy. Have you kind of chewed your tongue? I know it's strange. I'm a stranger. They had to gnaw. They're just, oh my gosh, they're just so in pain. I don't do well with pain. You do well with pain? I don't do well with pain. They refused to repent. The sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings from the east. Now, this is very interesting because that Euphrates River is over 1,800 miles long, and it's all dried up. And it's just to the northeast of that Jezreel area, and so that the kings from the east could come in. So that's kind of like a, a barrier between them and the promised land that, you know, when Joshua went and said, here, there's the land, and they thought, this is great, and that kind of kept people away. So now this valley area where these kings are going to come in, they're coming. Some people say these kings are from the ten lost tribes of Israel. What is that? I got to laugh because there's a, another persuasion of people that believe that these ten tribes came across over to the Americas. And you know what I'm talking about. And where are these lost tribes? Who are they? Where did they come from? Remember when the northern kingdom was taken away to Assyria? We never hear them again in Scripture. All we hear about when the remnant comes back is from the southern kingdoms. They come back. And you read that in Scripture. And the Nehemiahs and all those. 
So are these kings from there? I don't know. I don't know. But these are going to get together, and they're going to come in. They, then he said, I saw three impure spirits that looked like frogs. They came out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and the mouth of the false prophet. They are demonic spirits that perform signs, and they go out to the kings of the whole world and gather them for the battle on the great day of God Almighty. There's going to be a big battle. That battle of Armageddon. That will take place. It will take place on that piece of land. And the Lord's already prophesied that. And as I read through here and realized there is going to be no intercession allowed possible for any of that time. The Lord says, no, I won't accept any of that. I am taking care of business. Did you know the Lord takes care of business? He takes care of business. He does. We talked about that last week, right? How we as parents, didn't we mention that last week? How our kids do certain things. Okay, stop, you know, okay, okay, stop. And about the hundredth time, stop, hundred tenth time. Stop, right? You get to where you're fed up. You're done, right? Maybe your kids are all awesome and blessings. They're just so awesome. Oh, we bless each other. Love each other. We talked about this. You get to a point, you're like, stop. There's always the one child that's just the one, right? The one. The one. Right? <laughs> Don't look at that. Don't look. Don't look. Don't look. Don't look. Just look straight forward. You gotta break their will. Right? Get them Well, the Lord's gonna break some will. He is going to take care of business. And they're going to be hiding in the rocks. Then he puts in this verse 15. I like this little verse. He kind of sneaks in. He, looks, he's, he, he laughs. He's funny. He goes, look. He says, look. This is Jesus. Look. I come like a thief. We don't believe that. Because we don't live like that. Does a thief come when you know it? Like right now, if I know a guy to come to my house, I wouldn't be here right now. I'd probably be at the house going, well, I don't know what I'd be doing. I'd, I'd, no, I'd call my brother. I'd call my brother. Chris, Chris, come to my house. Stay on guard. Don't you dare come in here, right? My brother's a cop. He's a preacher, too. So he, he's, he's, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> That's what you say. Yes, sir. What happened here soon? I called him last week. I said, come preach. He goes, I'm busy. I said, what do you mean you're busy? Come preach. He goes, I'm busy. And he sent me a picture. His feet propped up. He's on the beach. <laughs> oh, man. I was so wrong. I was so wrong. I was so wrong. Look, I'm coming like a thief. Blessed is he who comes and stays awake and remains clothed so that not, not go naked and be shamefully exposed. He's saying, look, guys, I'm coming. Look, guys, I'm coming. And this all this chaos. I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. Stay right, talk right, be right, love one another, be right, read the word, stay with the word, be right, love each other. Do we really love our neighbor? 
her and move on. Stop meddling. Then they gathered the kings together to the place in Hebrews called Armageddon. The seventh angel poured out his bowl in the air. I don't know what that means. He poured it out. And out of the temple came a loud voice saying, It's done! It's finished, right? He's all about finality. How good are you at your follow-through? We should just preach on that today. How good are you with your follow-through? I promise this year I'm going to read a chapter a day. I promise I'm going to love my wife. I promise I'm going to take care. I promise. How well are you doing? It's May. reading the Bible, just read it. He threw it out, and then there came flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder. I like that. The other night when I was doing that, I was sleeping. It was about 2 o'clock. I got to work in a few hours. In a severe earthquake, no quake like it has ever occurred since mankind has been on earth. Okay, I looked that up. What's been the biggest gigantic earthquake ever? It's been, all right, the biggest one was a 9.5 on the Richter scale in southern Chile in 1960. 9.5. Does that mean out of 10? Like 10 is the worst? What's 10 mean? Like, I don't know. What is an earthquake? Did you know that things are shifting? Like blocks of earth are shifting. They shift one to two inches a year. And there's platelets. We're, we're, we're sitting on platelets, and these platelets move. And they either move like this, or they move like this. And so there's going to be an earthquake. Matter of fact, when Jesus touches down, he comes back in like manner. Remember when he came up, and all the, or the disciples are sitting there, and he's going away. He's like, you know, like, and the angel's like, uh, what are you doing? Well, did you have to see that? He's going to come back in like manner. And when he touches down, boom, there's going to be a massive what? Splitting, right? An earthquake. Well, here, there's going to be an earthquake so large that there's 900,000 a year worldwide. Did you know there's 900,000 earthquakes a year? What? I was sitting in my chair, was it last year, two years ago? They had a little dinky one up there, and, and uh, I just thought I was dreaming, right? I thought, I felt my shirt. No, really, I did. I was sitting there drinking my coffee. Reading and praying. Also, I was like, that is really weird. It was a tremor from up north. We had one. Yeah, we did. We did. And I thought, that's weird. And then, you know, a couple days later, we're like, did you, did, you, did you hear? I went, did you hear? I was right in the middle. Of it. My whole chair was shaking. And No, you know, you know how you're right. We all, right? Who's got one of those exaggerators in the house, right? Man, the whole thing, it was not. It was just kind of, that was weird. I mean, whatever. But earthquake. I mean, Indonesia has the most quakes of anyone. I don't know why. I'm curious. Um, the great city is going to divide, possibly into three parts. It will literally, Revelation 16, 20 says, will literally change the configuration of the whole earth. I don't know what that means, but it's not going to be like it looks like. Devastation. 
earthquake. So, it says here that the nations will collapse. God remembered Babylon the Great, gave her the cup filled with his wine, the fury of his wrath. Every island fled away and the mountains could not be found. That's pretty, pretty crazy. From the sky, huge hailstorms came down, weighing about eh, just 100 pounds. <laughs> Forget the insurance, man. Your house is gone, all right? A 100-pound boulder. How big, first off, is a 100-pound? I don't know, but wow, that's crazy. And they cursed God. Yeah, you better be cursed because they're going to kill you. I'll call the plague hail because the plague was so terrible. Wow, sores, blood, scorching heat. The great river dries up, kings coming in, and then this massive earthquake. Verse, Revelation 19 says, verse 19, it says, Then I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to wage war against the rider on the horse and his army. But the beast was captured, and with it the false prophet, who performed the signs on behalf, with these signs, he deluded those who received the mark of the beast and worshipped his image. The two of them were thrown into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. The rest were killed with the sword coming out of his mouth by the rider on the horse. I wonder who that is. And all the birds gorged themselves on their flesh. There is so much blood in this picture. It's a bloody mess that the buzzards will be hanging around eating their flesh or the rotting bodies. Matter of fact, there were 20 million people that fell in World War II and much more in World War II, or in World War I than World War, World War II. That's a lot of blood. Matter of fact, Josephus said when the Romans destroyed Jerusalem, so great was the bloodshed that Josephus says the whole city ran down with blood to such a degree that the fires in the city were all quenched by the blood. I don't know about you, but I watched that movie just 10 months ago, maybe a year ago. Of the guy who saves the people up on that mountain, right? On that, on that. Remember that? It, it, I had never seen so much blood in my life. I, I sat there going, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It, it was, I, I just can't. I, I wish I never even saw that. I mean, people's bodies being mutilated. That's the picture you get right here. There's so much blood. There's so much chaos. But here's the good news. We're not here. <laughs> We're not here. There's going to be a, a loud trumpet sound. And then this part of the sky, and the Lord himself will be coming down. This sounds like scripture. He's coming down, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And then those who are alive will be caught up with him in the air. Have you had your dream? People are having dreams. When I was a kid, I had that dream. I still see it, feel it, and experience it. The rapture. I'll never forget that. That is an amazing, it's edged in my mind of what it's going to be like. Man, spooky. How about you? What's it going to be like? What do you think? Right? That's awesome. But here's the thing. 
Psalm 24 says this, Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in His holy place? Okay, you can't just stand there if you're not covered. Why? Because I'm such an unholy guy? You're like, well, you're a pastor. Hello, excuse me. I'm an unholy guy. We've all sinned and fallen short. Right? Don't look at me so holy. Man, Pastor, I, that's not me. I don't know what you're talking about. Mm, I'm, just, I'm just so loving. The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, that's the ones who get in. Well, that's why I buy that soap and wash them all the time. That ain't what he's talking about. That's not what he's talking about. Do you know there's no soap at our job right now? It's been like that for a week. Ariel, we're having trouble. We're having trouble. So we know James did. Sitting your bar soap for it. Got that taken care of. I even had a complaint came across. I had to answer the phone and talk to a person. I said, no soap in the restroom. Well, yeah, hello, anybody out there? So I was talking to him, the guy goes, I go, well, first I said, first off, let me kind of figure out, are you like a, from the public, or do you work here? Or what? He goes, I work there. Well, what are you calling him? He's coming off to talk to me about it. What are you going to send me a message for? Making my day last longer. I mean, what's what? I go, dude, I know. I said, this is what you do. He goes, what? You get a bar soap, and you put it in your pocket, and then you go to work. He goes, no way. I go, yeah, that's what you do. I said, we're cutting back. So we're cutting back, you know, because we're cutting back. It's like my house. It's like my house. I don't turn the air on until May. Thank God it's May. We don't turn the air on until May. Woo. Be like, really? Really? Try it. Your electric bill is like less than 100 every month. It's like way down low. No, no, forget it. I pay two fifty. All right, we'll go for it, man. Enjoy. I take that money. And we have fun time. We're sweating. We're having a good time. <laughs> We're experiencing Armageddon at our house. Just kids, what's it gonna be like? Get right. <laughs> All the kids know, my 31-year-old who's now at his house, he goes, Dad, it's so cold in my house. <laughs> it is so cold. You got to come over and check it out. <laughs> you know what I'm going to do? Open the door up, leave it open. Hey, son, how you doing? Come on in, Heat. Come on in. Right? Hey! You haven't raised kids yet, right? You'll know what I'm talking about. Wait till you raise them. Everything's tore up, holes in it, slobber. You know, they, like, they're sleeping. Oh, my God, stop. Where were we? Oh, yeah, clean hands. Father, my mama taught me this verse when I was a little kid. She knows I need it. First John 1 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and and will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks, Mom. 
teach your kids the word. That's what Lori's doing. She's teaching her kids. That's the most vital part. But we all know. We all know. They're, they're learning. We, we know. Why We know the way to go. We do know. Right? When you're out there, you know right and wrong. Don't you? Come on. So we got to keep ourselves clean. And then a pure heart. Yeah, a pure heart. Be encouraged. Just know. I want you to know. I want you to know that the Lord, the Lord has everything in control. Everything. And it's all following its pattern. Church, hold on. Church, hold on. People, hold on. Keep praying. See, that was right in line right there. When Paul got up here and said, let me share this verse like, man, keep praying. Keep believing. Then the line of Judah, yeah, that's right on. Why? We don't ever get together and plan the service. We don't. We're all working people. We're all out there in the world just scattered to death. I mean, Pastor Leo could be in Chicago. I mean, I mean, who knows where the guy could be? He could be all over the world. And Chris, he could fly to somewhere at $10 buck too. And, and then I'm over here running around trying to fix things and, you're over there, and then we all get together on Sunday. Oh, my gosh, what, what's God saying? I don't know. Let's just do it. Go. Because we're all out there trying to throw a lifeline. Get a hold of it. I don't want it. Well, that's your problem. Try it anyway. You don't know what you're missing. He's coming back. Well, I've heard that before. Right? Well, like my old boss back in Cincinnati. Yeah, James, I heard that. Didn't he say that 2,000 years ago? 2,000 years ago? That's a long time, James. Is it really ever going to happen? It's going to. Worship team, would you come? See, it's not 3 o'clock. It's only 11. Well, there was this patch of ground that there was seed placed out there and it started growing real good but at night one time the enemy came by and threw some seed of his own in there and the guy taking care of the field said you know boss he said I thought you planted wheat in that there the guy did then why are all these weeds growing up there too oh the enemy must have came by and threw it in there I'll tell you what I'll do boss I'll go and I'll pick all the weeds out. Clean it all up for you. Like I'm going to do today in my garden because i got tons of weeds. No, 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 no. Don't do that, the boss said. Don't do that. Let the both grow up together. And then at the end of the age, we'll pull the weed out and the weeds out. We'll bone up the weeds and throw them out there where it's all burning, where there's gnashing and all that. All that. And the wheat, come on in. That is the way it's going to be. 